This week, Gigabyte is at your back door, Street Fighter is breaking records, Amazon is paying for privacy, and Hollywood is not breaking the strike. It's Sunday, June 4th, 2023, and this is episode 648 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through our live stream services, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free episodes of F5 Live, Pilch Point, and a lot more, or on our website, plunkitslive.com, thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is, normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to uh, f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Also, let us know uh, what topics are on your mind this week. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay. PluckHitsLive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Pluck Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. Uh, and of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. All right. How are you doing, Avram? All right. Not bad. Oh, so much going on. Such a busy week. I didn't sleep much this week because uh, my. we'll talk more about it later, but my team, a couple of guys were in Taiwan for the Computex show. I wish I had been able to go, uh, but I was back here. And so when they were on, I was on, which and they're 12 hours ahead. Uh, so I was working like my regular hours during the day. And then I was also working at night uh, and, you know, helping them out because they would send us you know, they had to run from one meeting to another. So they'd send me a bunch of pictures and some notes. Like we saw this, this is how it was. Here's some pictures. And then I would do a lot of the writing of it to turn to articles. So, uh, you know, so that was uh, quite busy. And then uh, my son and I, and my son, my daughter, and my wife, we went to uh, Maker Faire yesterday, uh, and, which was, you know, uh, which was cool. We didn't get to spend a ton of time there, but, uh, I would like I made this badge to take with me, and maybe I'll just wear it on the train. So this is a uh, an electronic badge. It's an LCD screen that's 320 by 240 and powered by a, a an RP2040 chip. Um, and it uh, you can make it display anything you can program in MicroPython. So it has like my picture and it says Abram Pelch Tom's hardware and a QR code that so you, if you scan it you'll go to the website and then if you hit this button you'll see like there a picture from one of our articles, which is about how to use a banana as a touch controller with your Raspberry Pi Pico. And then there's another QR code, like a smaller one down here or whatever that you can um, use to go to the article. So I was thinking that's, you know, would be kind of a cool idea to try and go around and get people to, I don't know, get some awareness of, <laughs> of, uh, yeah, of our website. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you consider that Google is uh, slowly or not so slowly getting rid of uh, external links on their site, which yeah. we could talk about, but we won't talk about right now, uh, which is an existential uh, threat to anybody who publishes on the web. You know, we're all going to have to start walking around wearing our uh, 
we're all going to have to start walking around wearing a QR codes just to get anybody to visit our work. Yeah. Um, you know, so that uh, because Google is may not no longer be a source of traffic. So, so we'll have to see. It's really interesting. It's kind of a. I'm looking in my desk to see if I still have one. I don't. Um, there was a. There is. There were NFC dots. That that. Well, I guess they probably still exist, but they were. We were using them uh, during events like CES a number of years ago because uh, Android devices within range of the dot could uh, receive a notification. Um, and so basically that was our version of this uh, until Google <clears throat> disabled the dots <laughs> in Android. Um, we used to get, oh, it was wild. Like we'd carry, carry them in our pockets as we'd walk around the show and then we'd put one in the studio. Um, the last year that we did it, we got like 11,000 click-throughs on the link or something like that. <laughs> Wow, that's it, awesome. It was wild. That that is that is awesome. Yeah, this yeah, so I I, I don't imagine that eleven thousand people are going to go up to me and scan sure. my scan my badge. But uh, you know, it's a thought. I think this might be a little on the small side, uh, you know, for for people to see. I mean, I may next time use one of my e-ink displays which is bigger uh but um but the thing about this is that you know it's only like 20 dollars. so if it got rained on or something i wouldn't feel as bad right <laughs> plus it changes pretty fast whereas the e-ink ones take like a minute to change oh okay so, well you know you could um, always use the uh the the ad screen off the free tellies I don't know if anybody in the audience has been following that or not. Uh, there's a company that's giving oh, out yes, free televisions, yes. but it's got yes, this yes. second screen underneath. My brother that and I that... have both signed up <laughs> yeah. because that bottom screen is such a weird shape. I want it. And I understand now, there's a they... whole thing, and I don't care that... I'm gonna figure out how to how to bypass all their nonsense. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna put that bottom yeah. screen to use. Yeah. So it reminds me a lot of People PC. Yeah, yeah. Or Net or Net Zero. Do you remember there was except, a People except PC? theirs was at, theirs was at the top of the screen, but yeah, same concept instead of the bottom. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So do I do I remember the weird Net Zero thing with the bar at the top? Hundred percent. That was <laughs> yes, yes. I lived also, on that was, thing for a while. Also, there was Kmart. people PC. I think didn't they have something where you could get a free PC or something yes. as long as you had the ads running? Mm -hmm. So and then there was there was um, uh, Kmart had the blue light uh, internet service, which was exactly net zero. In fact, it was powered by net zero, but it was branded for Kmart, which yeah. was what. Almost as weird as Microsoft having its own ISP, but yeah. Cool. But yeah, I, oh, fingers crossed. Like while the music was running for the live show before you, ju you jumped on, I opened the app to see where I am in line. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I have to have one of these things. The concept is too weird not to. Oh, um, but around here we've been fu- we've been doing a whole lot of content. You know, you spent you spent your week doing double duty, and uh, we've been creating a lot of content around here as well. We've got a bunch of unboxings. I'm looking at cables and adapters over here and lights, and I've got twinkly lights and all kinds of stuff uh, <laughs> coming. Um, pretty excited about that. But for now, it's time to get down to some news. If you're watching us on Facebook or uh, Twitter, it's time to join us over on uh, on Twitch or YouTube. You can go to uh, f5live.tv slash join us because uh, that's where we're going to be for the rest of the show. Um, but for the rest of you, here we go. Yeah. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. We've spent a lot of time talking about privacy and security over the last couple of years. We've got a couple of topics tonight. One of them involves um, a part of your computer that unless you're um, somebody who spends time inside their computer, like Avram and myself and uh, you know people around us, um, you probably don't think a whole lot about. It's the motherboard. It's the thing that all of the components on your computer connect to. Uh, if you have a motherboard from Gigabyte, there's a potential problem. Um, a seemingly innocuous uh, feature was included in these boards that when the board powers on, it goes and checks to see if there's firmware updates. If there is, it downloads them, executes the update, updates the board, uh, does another power cycle, and then runs the, the newly updated firmware. Most of this happens in a speed that you would never notice. Um, it happens in a, you know, behind the scenes it just looks like the system is posting um and then your system just keeps going it seems like a the startup takes a couple seconds longer than normal but you're off and running and it keeps your board up to date which is something that nobody does no <laughs> nobody keeps <clears throat> the uh the firmware on their motherboard up to date unless you're Avram or myself, probably. Uh, and even there, it's not necessarily recommended to update it all the time because if right. there's ever, if there's no, it's it's usually a, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of situation mm-hmm. with motherboard firmware. Yeah, true. Um, you know, if you're switching processors and you've got to do a firmware update to, to get access to the new processor or, or something like that, like you do with uh, uh, AMD sometimes, you know, there's that. But for most of us, most people never even think about it. This is doing it behind the scenes automatically for better or worse. Now, where's the problem come in? Oh, right. The board is doing a software update outside of all the security stuff that takes place on your computer that prevents viruses and things like that to be on your system. And it just calls out to a website and downloads the thing on the other side and installs it. 
There's a lot of ways to get in between there. Middleman attack to get between the server and the, uh, the motherboard and install something else instead. An altered version of the firmware that allows somebody from the outside to take advantage of your computer. In fact, adding a backdoor like this into a motherboard's um, firmware is Hacker 101, but they usually have to have access to your computer in order to do it. In this case, Gigabyte has given it to them themselves. Now, I mean, is the average user going to be under attack by this? Probably not, but the type of people who are, this opens up a big door for. I'm running a gigabyte motherboard in mission control on one of those machines, and I can't help but wonder if that's where my troubles came from. Because, uh, you know, sometimes my brain goes down the conspiracy theory route. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, you've, you've been following this uh, even closer yeah, than I have. Yeah, so... So okay, so Gigabyte claims to have a fix as of uh, as of Thursday. Okay. So so if you have Gigabyte, uh, the they you if you go to gigabyte.com/motherboard uh, and look for the latest firmware to download for your motherboard, as opposed to letting it download it for you, um, you should probably do that because if it was released, if the firmware was released, say in this month of June, then it has supposedly has a fix. Now, the the nature of the fix is not totally detailed here. It says uh, to fortify system security, Gigabyte has implemented stricter security checks during the boot process, uh, during the OS boot process. These measures are designed to detect and prevent any malicious activities. Signature verification, Gigabyte has bolted the validation process for files downloaded from remote servers. This enhanced verification ensures the integrity and legitimacy of the contents, thwarting any attempts by hackers to insert malicious code. Privilege access limitations, Gigabyte has enabled standard cryptographic verification of remote server certificates. This guarantees that files are exclusively downloaded from servers with valid and trusted certificates. Okay. So So that's a... That's a great starting point. I I will tell you, uh, proper client server certificating is a huge, a huge solution uh, to this problem. Um, but a real pain. I've done it. It's not fun. So, but why why isn't the, why don't they just disable this feature, like the automatic update feature? I mean, you could do it through. I, I don't I don't know if I totally understand this, but I think it's doing it through the the firmware of the motherboard is doing it versus having your um, gigabyte app, gigabyte utility motherboard Correct. control panel app do it. Correct. It's um, done during post. So how like what I don't get though is how during post does it know the Wi-Fi password? Like if you're on a Wi-Fi network. So if you're on a Wi-Fi network, it may or may not have any kind of access. It's probably hardwired. Unless... So probably only if you're on Ethernet. Yeah. Unless the the Gigabyte app is able to uh, pull the Wi-Fi credentials from Windows and then push it to the firmware. I'm not going to pretend to have any idea. But 
That um, seems odd. It does. So my guess is it's a hard wire feature. Just a guess. I mean, that's, I mean, I had a mother gigabyte motherboard in my last computer and I did not notice it doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gigabyte software was very annoying because it kept saying that it wanted to download BIOS updates and then it didn't do it or whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, but the, uh, but aside, but uh, I mean, this is something I haven't personally seen, so I don't totally understand how it works, but you can, apparently, if you have a gigabyte motherboard, you can go into the BIOS and disable this. Okay. Uh, and even with this fix, I think it might be a good idea to go into the BIOS and disable it because I don't think you want it updating the BIOS without your consent anyway. Right. In general, I am not a fan of, I hate to use this phrase, but it's the only thing I can come up with, non-consensual updates. I, like, I'm not a fan of that. We know there are memes about, you know, Windows doing updates without asking, and then you're in the middle of doing something. It's like, hey, we're going to reboot in 60 seconds. Please no. Um, But, yes, the idea of streamlined background stuff for a lot of people is okay for software and things. Like, you know, your browser staying up to date. Sure. Unless there's a very specific reason why you can't let it update. The browser updating the background, I'm generally fine with. Word, maybe. Although, I'm always afraid that a feature is going to go away in a, <laughs> in a case like that. But the idea of the software that's actually holding the core of the computer together. Because if something goes sideways on the firmware... Your computer, yeah, your computer could be bricked. Yeah. So generally you re- speaking, you reboot well, your computer and then all of a sudden it doesn't work. Well, I didn't do anything. No, you didn't do anything. It did something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, the advice that I mean, contrary, like everybody's always saying, like, make sure you're always updating your software, update your windows, update your Linux, update your, you know, update your, your browser, update, update, update. But the one thing that I think a lot of professionals say is don't update your BIOS yeah. unless you really need, unless somebody gives you a compelling reason to do so. Like, oh, there was a, there is a, FYI, there is a security hole update, you mm-hmm. know, uh, or there, or you, or now we need support for a new CPU or something like that. Right. But if it's, if there's not a known problem, usually it's advised not to do that right. because, you know, you don't know. So, Doing that without even informing you is, I think, a really kind of a, a kind of a violation of trust. Like you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't do that. I get where they're coming from. Like, hey, we put this work into these BIOS updates. We think people should have them. Maybe we think that they've patched things that are little bugs or whatever, and we don't want to have to do support uh, for whatever bugs are in it. Like just right. everybody have the latest. Which I get, like people, you know, this is the same thing with the operating system. Like they, they don't want people to be having to have support issues that have already been fixed, but right. they don't know it's fixed. But for the firmware, it's a very this is an area that is the maybe the most sensitive on your whole computer. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that they theoretically have a fix. Um the fix sounds solid enough to the particular problem we're talking about. And the particular problem we're talking about is 
this unsecure back door. They have yeah. essentially put two sniper trained security guards on the back door, which is great. However, I'm still not happy with the idea of an auto updating uh, system firmware. So I'm with you. Yep. Even if you've got this this update, turn the feature off. If you've got a gigabyte motherboard, turn this feature off. Because like Avram said, it is not advised by anybody, anybody, to be right. constantly updating the firmware of your motherboard. Because I'm... It's the most important part of the system, and I've always felt that it's being held together with with chewing gum and rubber bands a little bit, as it is. Right. So, tightening those rubber bands, for me, is not a better solution. So, overall, if you can get in there, turn it off, turn it off, because this is, this is not a win uh, patch or not. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. Really digging the new music. All right. Uh, so we've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks, possibly months, about AI. We're not doing it tonight. <laughs> At least not in the yeah. same way we have been. Let's talk about some uh, right. some good news from the other side of the world. Yes, yes. AI is too depressing. There's too much bad <laughs> stuff going on. So let's talk about some good stuff. Uh, although there were some AI things announced at the show uh, I want to talk mainly about hardware at Computex, the world's coolest trade show. So Computex is back. Uh, those of you who've been following our show for a while, remember I used to go to Computex in Taipei every May. Uh, and for a couple of years there now, 2020, 2021, and pretty much 2022, I think they had a few people there last year, but we didn't go. Uh, it was It was canceled or dead. But this year, it's back in full force. Now, we could not send all the people that we normally send. So we sent uh, two of my colleagues, uh, Matt and Paul, and I didn't get to go this year, which is now I'm really, really sad because I love to go to Taiwan. Uh, and so uh, if, <laughs> if we're all still, uh, you know, if Google doesn't drive us out of business by then, I will be going to... Uh, be wanting to go to Taiwan again next year, no matter what, because I really missed going to the city and go, going to Taipei and, and, and going to the show. The real, show, real windows, start. real windows in your hotel room or not. Yes, that's true. One year I didn't have a real window in my hotel. Uh, but if I get to pick the hotel, then I wouldn't pick a hotel like that. But uh, yeah, one year somebody put me up in a hotel that, had a fake window, but it took me half a week to figure it out. It was like 
a window and there was like uh, a potted plant and some like rocks there and it seemed like there was a little bit of light coming into the window so i thought maybe i'm looking out onto like a like some kind of courtyard that has like a potted plant on it and it took me a little while to figure out that no there is no courtyard it's just a glass box with a potted plant in it and a background or whatever to make it look like this could be that you were looking out onto some like roof courtyard so in, in your defense uh, you did arrive at a weird time after a very long yeah. flight before yes. you figured it out well i mean i just the other thing is i couldn't i couldn't imagine someone would do that fair enough fair enough i didn't understand i couldn't like if you're not going to give me a window just don't give me a window which is weird enough but like you're not giving me a window and then you're faking it that's just so weird i have such very clear memories of the photos that you sent back yeah i have them somewhere I have them somewhere. I don't remember what hotel that was. I but I do remember that that hotel had had a problem with flies. Like we would go into the like the buffet or whatever breakfast mm. buffet, and there were a lot of flies. That was that not was ideal. Crappy. If you go anyway. to Taiwan, go stay. Don't stay there. Stay at the Brother Hotel, which is where I usually stay. It's like hundred and ten dollars a night, which is really good, and they have nice, very clean rooms with windows. Not not big rooms, but very clean and nice. Centrally located, not not walking distance from the convention center, but like a short cab ride or a short uh, subway ride. And they've got like it's like seven restaurants in the hotel itself, plus tons of wow. restaurants near it, and 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 like uh, really really nice place with a great price. Uh, I go there every time, uh, but. Anyway, unless of course you can stay at the high, unless of course you've got lots of money, in which case stay at the Hyatt, uh, which is the Grand Hyatt, which is right next to the convention center. I stayed there once, but that is usually like three or four hundred a night. So if you can afford it though, I'll never stay in as good a hotel as when I stayed at the Hyatt. Oh, that was a beautiful thing of beauty. But anyway, let's not talk about the hotels that I didn't get to stay in. Let's talk about the about the hardware that our folks got to see. Because all of us are going to get to see it in the coming months as it comes out. So uh, let me so let me show you some of the cool stuff that was there. Uh, this is our list of the best stuff of Computex, but there was a lot of cool stuff that isn't even on the best list. So uh, there were some graphics cards, not no like new new chips. But uh, some companies showed off graphics cards. MSI had a 4070 Ti that was extremely slim, uh, which is nice. But perhaps even more interestingly, and did not make the best list because it was a concept, ASUS showed off a 4090 card that had no power connector, no power connector plug, um, it, no power connector plug for a wire on the top. Instead, what it had was a a connector on the bottom where it plugs into the motherboard and then the motherboard had a special connector on it to give power to the card because a really big theme of this year's show that we saw from msi and gigabyte has something and asus has something is um is having back facing ports on motherboards are you familiar with that scott 
I don't know. When we talk about back facing, what are we talking about? Let me see. So one of our things on here, Project Zero. I don't know if this is this is not a good good picture, but let me let me find you a good picture of, of Project Zero, which is MSI's take on this. Uh, ASUS has a, has their own, which I think they call Ape or something like that. Um, but, this is this uh, is the this is the trend of of essentially eliminating visible wires, right? Yes, it is. So okay. if you look at like, like Gigabyte's so you, Project Stealth. Yes, Gigabyte's Project Stealth, which we okay. tested out a while back and didn't work very well for us, but the concept is very solid. So this, so, so, okay. So here, this is a good example of what you would see. So here's a motherboard and you see that the power connectors for the like ATX power connector and the CPU power connectors. Oh. Uh, and and I think that with the SATA connectors here, I'm not sure. Some other connectors too, maybe the front front panel connectors. Yeah, that's what um, it looks like down there. And maybe the are, are, like the 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 USB headers for, for the case. USB headers. But I don't know, but this one doesn't seem to have a PCIe one for like you know, for your video card unless this is it maybe this is it um although this would be like your standard two eight uh pin ones but the idea is this is facing out the back right so i don't know if there's a great picture of it here but it's facing the, the right side of your case so in most computer cases these days there's this visible side here right which is where the window is and then there's the other side, the 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 right side, right? If you're looking front at the, you know, look at the case head on, that is usually just has a like does is not glass. It's it's like you know metal or whatever. So you so there's that whole kind of wall there, and you can do your cable management and run your wires behind that. And now people do run their wires behind there, but they still have to kind of poke them through a hole to get to this like you know the motherboard, but um so i guess here they didn't manage to do it with the graphics card because you could still see a wire coming up to the graphics card right um but um anyway yeah so that's something that we're seeing from more companies the case has to support it too if you wanted the video card to support it then you need a video card that you know that supported it uh that had you know some kind of special adapter um, but it feels like it's a new trend that we're going to see more, a lot more of. And there's, I mean, there's a decent chance that this just becomes, I mean, it would require a lot of changes. And there, meanwhile, a lot of people's cases wouldn't work anymore and whatever. So I don't know if this is going to catch on because there's such an issue with backward compatibility. But I think a lot of, this is something a lot of people would want uh, because uh, they don't like having the cables visible. So... And I get that it, it it becomes messy. Bad it's enough actually, you have the tubes with the coolant. It's actually really insane to me that with all this effort put into making attractive looking uh, PCs with Windows, that it's taken this long for the concept. Yeah, I don't understand why this hasn't happened before. Like, why not? I mean, I guess I guess it is relatively recent that we have these kind of shrouds in the back where people are kind of expected to sort of route their wires 
under things like this PSU shroud and the shroud in the back and whatever. Um, my last PC build, I was really surprised how like the case I had, you just had all this effort into like making sure you hide your, your ugly wires. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it's good. I mean, obviously in the olden days, people didn't care what the inside of their case looked like. Uh, you didn't have a window, so who cared? Uh, but now with the emphasis on, uh, you know, the inside of your case looking nice, um, this, I can see that the value of it also, you know what, it's probably easier to install too, because if you're, you're the cord from your power supply is back here, right. Then you probably don't want to have to reach it all around all over and all over and through your, you know, your radiator, coolant tubes and all this stuff. Yeah. It's probably easier to just plug it in the back. I can't tell you how many times I've had to buy extensions so, for power for this reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power extension, right? Like that's another another issue, right? I would say, I which mean, was a problem for you, you personally once, recently. Yes, right. yes. I, I, of course, I'm still using the power extensions. I just have plugged them out and in again a couple of times, and they seem to be working at the moment. But, uh, but we will we will see because I'm probably going to be doing an upgrade. Uh, a major upgrade in in a week or two uh and so at that point i'm probably not going to be using these extension cables anymore i'm probably going to get a new psu to because i'm going to be upgrading my graphics card to do more ai stuff uh because you know you need vram for the first of these ai things but let's talk about some other things but that was a big a big trend uh here's another thing i thought was really cool uh literally figuratively and literally cooler master had some great stuff this is called the master hub. It is sort of a, like a build your own, uh, build your own stream deck uh, type of thing where there's various pieces, including like a macro keyboard that's not shown in this picture uh, and like, you know, dials and what I don't you call these levers and screens that you kind of pop onto these pogo pins and make your own, um, make your own like controller for, for like, controlling multimedia if you're a video you know video or audio editor or you know doing macro stuff um i've always liked or, the elgato stream or for my control over here where i have a stream deck that controls the whole show right so right for <laughs> things like that so what do you think how does this compare to what you have um so i would want to mess around with it um i'd love to see how some of these things can be dialed into our system, right? Um, can I control Livestream Studio with the volume knobs and stuff like that? But, you know, conceptually, it's really solid. I really like the idea of the screen, especially if I can um, tie it into Livestream Studio. Um, to get, like, feedback on, on what's active, which the... Right now, I can't do with the Stream Deck. So, I mean, there's definitely some pretty cool possibilities here. And with editing, having a jog shuttle, oh, I like yeah, I have so. a jog shuttle for editing. And it's, you know, it's great. Um, but being able to integrate all this other stuff together with the jog shuttle would be super cool. Yeah. Uh, there's one that has like keys, you know, like LED keys, like you can see on, uh, you know, on a Stream Deck. And then, there's the jog shuttle. There's these like three dials. There's this equalizer thing. There's two sizes of screen. 
and then there's these like other dial things. So, uh, you know, so those kind look of like, interesting. Those look like rollers on, on like a Logitech yes. keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, so this monitor, uh, really nice QD OLED 49 inch 5k, uh, with an 1800 R curve from Asus, uh, really, really nice colors that you can't tell from just looking at my screen, uh, you know, and me sharing it, uh, some other great stuff that they had, uh, this is kind of unique for a PC cooler. Sort of looks like a flower almost where the petals are fans. Um, That's cool. I mean, it honestly seems like fan overkill, but I can never say overkill when it comes to computer. Um, this was, this may not be the best picture of this. This is a Leanne Lee case and it's glass on three sides. Uh, so like the front, the top and the, and the left side are all clear glass without even like a, um, a pillar here. So you can really get a really good look at the inside of your, the inside of your case. So that's better nice. have some pretty, pretty looking things in there because you're going to be looking at it quite a bit. Yeah. Like, uh, like project zero or whatever. <laughs> yes. Except that case, the case has to support it. Right. 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 So, so that's, that's something to keep in mind because the holes in the back of the motherboard tray or whatever have to line up. So that's not a standard yet. And so I don't think, um, you know, you have to get a case specifically to support it. And that may be the downfall of this effort because what you really need is whoever came up with the idea for ATX and micro ATX and mini ITX to standardize that, to standardize those back connectors. Um, here is a Cougar chair that has a fan in it, an RGB fan in it. So nice. Uh, ever wanted to cool off your back? The chair is there for that. Uh, this laptop is an okay Ultrabook, the Swift Edge 16. Best uh, notebook we saw introduced at the show has OLED screen, Ryzen 7. Uh, you know, nice, nice thing for a decent price of 1300. This is my favorite thing of the show because I'm dying to get this. This is uh, Lian Li Unifan TLLCD. These are case fans with uh, with screens on them. Um, I oh. really, I. I have a block of other Lian Li Uni fans, and they're really fantastic. Uh, they look great with the RGB on this area. They snap together, so there's sort of less ugly wiring. Um, and uh, and this is sort of takes the same philosophy, and then just adds these um, these adds these uh, screens, which can show either status information like temperature. Or they could show an animation or whatever you you want. Uh, so I love having screens in my computer, and uh, this would be kind of a neat way to have it. It's not going to be that expensive. It's going to be one hundred and thirty nine dollars for three of them. Uh, normally, it's one hundred nineteen dollars for three without this. So not bad. Um, this is kind of another neat way of customizing your stuff. The Corsair Dominator Titanium. Uh, these new DDR5 uh, RAM DIMMs have a removable top, and then you can either buy a custom top from top bar from Corsair to put over it, and the 
uh, RGB lights, which I think there's like 11 RGB lights here will shine through, or you can 3D print your own top bar and attach it. It was absolutely um, my first thought. I'm like, I'm not buying it from anybody. I'm going to design my own. In fact, I'm thinking about now designing one for the RAM that's in the studio PC right now. Yeah. So this has a specific thing to specifically snap on. Now, what they didn't say is what these were 3D printed out of. The ones that they showed, like would it work with PLA, which is like the, the, the mainstream cheap stuff that we use? Do you need like ABS, PETG? What do you need? Because it's going to get a little warm, um, a little warm where these are. So you, you want something that can withstand the heat. Um, and, you know, has to look good. This looks really nice. Like a lot of stuff I've 3D printed doesn't look that nice. Um, so uh, this is a new SSD. There were some PCIe 5 SSDs shown. Um, the, the actually fastest one was the MSI Spatium Pro 570, which operates at 14 gigabyte per second. But that's not making our best list because it was already shown at CES. Uh, Patriot has this, which is uh, 12 gigabyte uh, reads, but it's got a really uniquely thin uh, active cooler with this fan really, really paper thin. So a really nice use of active cooling. One thing about PCI 5 SSDs, you've got to keep them cool uh, or they are going to throttle. Speaking of cooling, uh, back to Cooler Master, they had their new X-Silent series of power supplies. The 750-watt unit here on the right has no fan at all. So there's no way it's going to make fan noise. And then the one on the left is twelve hundred is thirteen hundred watts and has a fan that they claim is so quiet you can't hear it, so it makes absolutely no noise. Uh, so uh, real focus on quiet from the PSU. Um, so uh, speaking of gigabyte motherboards, uh, many of you know that Gigabyte is it is Aorus. Aorus is a gigabyte's fancy brand. Um, they showed this. Uh, awesome looking motherboard at the show it's coming out this fall it's going to be for uh it's a z790 motherboard so it will support intel 12th and 13th gen and importantly the upcoming raptor lake refresh which may be called 14th gen we don't know yet that's expected this fall um it has some really neat features that i kind of have to show you other pictures of to for you to really see uh, so one, it's got this uh, this full color screen that's over the ports. It's got um, it comes with this giant sort of giant heatsink uh, slash fan that goes over the PCIe five SSD slot, and then there's a cover for all the PCIe slots, uh, and all these are these co covers are removed just by flicking um, a dial. There's no tools needed, and underneath it, there's three more. Uh, SSD slots, although those are only Gen 4 slots. And then this, uh, there's a, a cable cover on the top uh, to sort of, I guess, cover up some of the cables. And that also is tool-free removed. So you've got like lots of things to cover up like ugly areas. You've got built-in heat sinks for your SSDs uh, and you've got a screen uh, and, uh, oh, and it has Wi-Fi 7 built in. So um so everything that you'd want from a motherboard unless you want one that with back facing stuff which i guess this doesn't have because that's a new thing um 
that you need a mother uh, a case for it. Speaking of cases, uh, this is one that's been teased for quite a while, uh, and they say it's really coming out this year, the Shrecom SG-10 fanless case. This case has no fan, uh, has no fans, and the case itself is meant to be the heatsink. So you put uh, some special thermal conducting stuff on your graphics card and on your CPU, uh, and it can dissipate something like 650 watts worth of thermal um, out of the top of the case, which is which is itself a heatsink. Um, now, the power supply, maybe if you use, they didn't, I don't think they've addressed that, but maybe if you use the Silent X power supply that we're talking about, now, you couldn't do this with a 4090. It's too much uh, power and heat. Probably, I think, a 4070 would work. Um, and uh, a 3900K, uh, perhaps. Oh, they said they were they, the build used on display was 3900K and RTX 4080. So pretty close to top of the line. Not the top of the line, but close. Another really cute, this is a cute little case, Fractal Design Tiny Terra. Uh, it's kind of wood grain. It's got one little fan, but you could still put, you know, a discrete graphics card in here and a modern CPU. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so uh, th those were our best of Computex, but we have a lot more if you go to the Tom's Hardware homepage and click Computex, which is on the top bar. Uh, real quick, I'll also show you have an article of the best case mods we saw, which is my favorite part of Computex because they always have all these beautiful case mods around. Several different companies have competitions where they show the contestants. Here's one that looked like a cyberpunk motorcycle. Wow. Here's one that looked like a, an alien face hugger. Uh, well, actually, alien egg with a face hugger on top. Sure. Um, uh, here's one that looks like, I like this one, looks like a tower, like kind of a building. Um, there's this one here is supposed to look like the moon or it's called the moon case. I don't know if I quite get it. Uh, this one here looks like a medieval church. Yeah. I find that kind of neat, you know, uh, like the, uh, the top looks like a stained glass window. Yeah. I love the top. Uh, tower of light case. That's okay. Cybernetic cylinder. This pyramid case there's more to it than meets the eye because this case, the case itself isn't the special thing, isn't the special thing about the mod. It's that it has a pump of liquid nitrogen pumping into it automatically over this white um, hose. And you can see on the side, there's two LN2 tanks. And you, maybe that's why you see condensation on it. And because it is uh, ni liquid nitrogen cooled, the uh, the CPU, which is a 13900K, is running at seven gigahertz, and the RAM wow. is running at uh, ten thousand uh, megahertz. Yeah. Um, so wow. anyway, that was I found. See here, you can see a better view of the back. Yeah. Um, you can see it going now. Normally, normally, folks, if you're not familiar with extreme overclocking. When, uh, extreme overclockers will use liquid nitrogen to, to get the highest temperatures. Um, I mean, the lowest temperatures, they'll go below zero. Um, but they have to put a special little tower on the CPU and they have to sit there 
with a like a um, container full of liquid nitrogen and every minute or two pour liquid nitrogen on top of the CPU to keep it cool. They have to sit there by hand, doing it by hand. Whereas here, um, they're doing it um, automatically, which I guess means, I don't know how long your liquid nitrogen will last, how those tanks will last, but uh, you know, I guess it means you could sit there and use the computer to, to play a game or whatever and you know, not have to sit there pouring liquid nitrogen on it while you work. Um, so a big enhancement for usability. Yes. I mean, generally speaking, you wouldn't use, I mean, all this liquid nitrogen stuff is just for sort of competitive purposes to see who can, who can get the highest, uh, you know, highest clock speed because you wouldn't use it to be sitting there browsing the web and doing your everyday computing. Not with that attitude. <laughs> okay, sorry. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to, don't get me wrong, but I think there also is a limitation normally of that, like, not only would you have to sit there with one hand pouring, or or have a servant, I guess, a, a, like an assistant to sit there and help you pour to pour it while you're typing, but uh, inhaling liquid nitrogen is not good for you, so you kind of have to make sure you kept your distance there as well, uh, so... You know, again, you don't want to be sitting. Although long, overclockers long, sit there and accidentally inhale it, probably. So true. Long HDMI cable and a wireless keyboard and mouse. We're fine. There you go. So there's <laughs> it. There's the answer. I mean, yes, yes, you could do it. Yeah, yes, you could do it. I don't know, like how long a tank like that lasts. Yeah. Uh, is it a long time? I guess I'd have to ask my friend Slave, who is. Uh, a world champion overclocker who I would have seen if I went there because he went to compete. That's not his design. He sits there and just does, you know, manually pours them. But... Well, definitely a lot of interesting stuff this year for sure. Um, the case mods I always find interesting. It doesn't matter, you know, where we are or what we're doing. Case mods are always inter interesting. I've been involved in a couple. I mean, nothing like that. Those were like Hollywood style props, you know? I mean, they're, and I bet we didn't even get pictures of all of them. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely, the other thing that's fantastic about Computex, and you see this a little bit CS, but much more Computex, is they will fly in the builders, uh, mm. the the people who built those cases, and you can talk to them. So that's cool. You know, they'll, they'll be standing around talking about their, their work. Uh, and what they made and how they made it and I don't know it's a it's a, it's a lot of fun I love to sit there I love to meet those guys and those folks and talk to them about their cases yeah um, thermal take is is like the the companies that tend to sponsor this are thermal take cooler master and G skill but thermal sure. take always has the biggest uh, display because they have twice a year uh, mod contests and so they bring the winners the winner cases and the winner uh, people to uh, to Computex, and uh, that is always the highlight of my my visit. Yeah, I I remember when we used to sell thermal take at Radio Shack, um, and we'd always get the 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 press releases internally about about the contests and all that stuff. It was always it was fun. Um, I used the old demo case for years as a personal case after we stopped selling it <laughs> oh my goodness 
Oh, thermal take. I've got thermal take uh, Arctic silver here in the cabinet. <laughs> yep. Anyway, obviously you've got a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. A lot of content about yep. this. We have dozens of articles and I wrote a lot of them. So please go visit our website, uh, tomsarver.com. In the top trending bar, you'll see a link that says Computex. Click that and you can see all of our Computex coverage, including some stuff about NVIDIA's AI announcements, which were kind of exciting uh, in a good way. Um, I could have I could have very easily talked about their AI uh, NPCs and games. Yeah, and that would have been an interesting topic. That was cool. Uh, so, uh, you know, there so uh, there was a lot of great stuff at Computex this year. It was definitely more of a PC uh, hardware show than a laptop show. There weren't that many laptops there. Uh, mm -hmm. Never any phones or tablets or anything like that. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was a really great fun show. And uh, I hope to get to go next year as I had previously done for 10 years. It is a great show. And if you ever get the chance to go, you should. It is definitely on my short list of... Uh of shows to go to it's you have talked so highly of it the entire time i've known you <laughs> yeah it's so. oh it's, it's it makes ces they should make the people who run ces go to computex and say this is how you run a good show because like everything's easy to find it's easy to get around you know places to get food i mean part of it is just the location in taiwan is a lot less hectic than vegas but sure uh, yeah well i it's on my short list. I definitely want to check it out. And um, I appreciate all this information. I was following along as best I could. There were a couple of links that while you were talking, I pulled up that I had missed. Um, and I had completely missed the case mods. So I was glad to see that. Yeah. And uh, as always, yeah. Avram, I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. If you're a fan of fighting games, you know that this week um, Street Fighter VI came out. Uh, it has been in action here at the office a lot since it came out on Friday. Um, but what's really interesting is uh, it set a record, and it did so within 24 hours, and then, well, actually, like, within nine hours, um, and during that time, since that time, it kept resetting the record. Um, so the record is from Steam. Now, a lot of our PC gaming records 
uh, and statistics come from Steam. A, because it's the largest gaming store uh, for PC these days, and B, because um, their statistics data is very uh, easily accessible. So there are places like SteamDB that are constantly tracking statistics across the platform, and that's where our where our uh, record comes from. They had at 9 a.m. on uh, Friday, June 2nd, there were 66,317 concurrent players uh, playing Street Fighter VI. Now, that's mere hours within the launch of the game. Of course, the first few hours, you're always going to have an influx, especially with a game this anticipated for the fighting game community. Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are your long-term games uh, with with Smash Brothers being your um, kind of your next big one in modern, you know, conversation as far as players are concerned. Um, so, of course, within the early hours of the launch, it's going to set its own internal record, right? You're going to see high player counts. But that 66,317, it's important to note, is more is almost double the previous record, which was set at 35,147 by Mortal Kombat 11, and that happened four years ago. So during the time of COVID, when people were at home, game play was higher, we didn't break this, this record. It took Street Fighter VI hitting the market to break it, they broke it by almost double, but it didn't stop there. In the gaming community, you know, it's real easy to uh, to put a game aside because, you know, it doesn't live up to hype or whatever. This one, the numbers kept climbing. And in fact, the highest number that we saw was 70,573, which is slightly more than double the previous record. It took four years to break that previous record with an with a new title. The only thing that might might do it is this MK1 uh, remake that's that's in the works. But honestly, I don't know. I mean, this is a th- more than double. That's a big step up. I'm really intrigued to see um, a if this can hold. Right? Can can the numbers stay where they have been, right? And if you go look at the chart, there's a link in the article on the website. If you look at the chart, I mean, it's doing like this, but it's living right in that 60K range overall. It dips below sometimes. It spikes above sometimes. I mean, it's staying pretty pretty level. I mean there's a there's a dip to 48 at 10 a.m. UTC today, so, you know, the middle of the night in the west. Um but I mean they're getting big numbers consistently from Steam. That's 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 a good sign for the for the fighting game industry because there's been so many weird games trying to get into this space, all trying to chip away, you know, multiverses and even Nickelodeon's got a weird fighting game type thing. All 
everybody wants to be in this space and the core franchise came back and hit it hard. That's, I think that's good for the fighting game industry. What do you think, Abram? Are you talking? I'm not hearing you. I was going to say, who does Peppa Pig fight in the, in the Nickelodeon game? Can you fight as, can you fight as like the dogs in Paw Patrol? That'd be hilarious. I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> and is it is it Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Do you... Every time I talk about Mortal Kombat, I just have to point out that I always preferred the um, the takeoff on it, Mortal Wombat. Continue. <laughs> By the way, I have to show you. So I have to show you something Computex related that relates directly to this topic, which is okay. this. Nice. So. Uh, Cooler Master is coming out with a line of Street Fighter Six components and peripherals. Yeah, uh, that they showed. So here's the bigger picture. Um, so they have chairs. Sure. They have keyboards. They have uh, AIO coolers, headsets, mice, and cases. And did I miss anything? Oh, power supplies. That's my favorite one. Sure. Who would think that you need a power supply that is blue so it reminds you of Luke from, uh, from the game? Alante. Like, most power supplies are not visible these days. They're usually hidden behind sure. a power supply shroud. So what it looks like is kind of immaterial, although some of them have RGB, but... They have RGB, at least that kind of shines up or on the floor or something. But like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. Uh, the one that makes the most sense to me is the case, because at least you have like a picture of the character. So yeah. they seem to have like three or four characters that you can get stuff about themed as. You can get Luke, Chun-Li, Ryu, and Blanca. Sure. Um, so yeah so that's the uh so anyway yeah i just thought i i just had to mention that that there's so much hype around this game that cooler master has a whole bunch of ip around it yeah um, i guess the chairs also make some sense um, they, you know. in fairness if i'm not mistaken cooler master does a lot of this type of thing I can't recall them doing another game themed thing, but maybe I uh, forgot. I mean, this sort of thing happens a lot, but I've never seen it before with internal components. I've never seen it. I don't remember ever seeing it before with like fans. I mean, maybe F fans is a little pushing it a power little supplies. bit. Yeah, power I supplies is definitely pushing it. Um, I've seen video cards, obviously motherboards. Um, I mean, somebody just, I think, came out with a Sonic the Hedgehog motherboard. Oh, yes. I think that's ASRock, Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog right. motherboard. Although nothing else, there's nothing else that is Sonic about it. Like, well, no, I mean, the motherboard looks very Sonic, but like, yeah. you, you, you can't, I guess you'd have to figure out, okay, I'm going to get a blue fan or whatever mm -hmm, to like mm -hmm. match it. Because that's the only Sonic component that they make. Yeah. 
Um, this is this is definitely the biggest collection of products I've ever seen themed to a to any IP. Uh, not entirely true. There was an Iron Man everything at CES 2017 headsets and case and keyboard and all kinds of like a whole collection of stuff. I don't think they had a power supply though. No, no, certainly not. Um, (laughs) But I have chair. I have encountered other largely branded peripherals, but this is the furthest I've ever seen anybody push the idea that there are, that the power supply could be branded ish color coded (laughs) color coordinated. Yeah. Is, yeah, is definitely definitely something. I guess I guess if the outside, like where you plug in the power and where the switch is, if yeah. that's color coded, okay, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it would work in an environment like ours at Strike, where the computers are completely out and you can see the power. That the outside yeah, I, I guess they're the kind of supply, but I mean, it's a very specific I guess they're case. counting on that. I guess they're counting on that because most cases these days hide your power supply. I yeah. guess it's considered to be kind of an ugly component. Even though I have seen other power supplies that had things on them that you might want to see. Like yeah. besides RGB fans, uh, at one point Cooler Master had one with a screen on the side of the power supply. Yeah, uh, I remember And obviously that. that relies on you to be able to see it. Um but yeah, I mean, uh, did the that's, did the corresponding PC case have a shroud for the power supply? Uh, I don't think I can tell from our pictures. Okay. Good, good, good question. It is actually based on a. Oh wait, we can tell this probably because the TD five hundred mesh V two case. So that is a standard. Like that case already exists. They didn't like invent any i should be really clear they didn't invent any new stuff they just painted it or whatever to Mm -hmm. theme it the case has been around the keyboard has been around sure mouse has been around the power supplies have been around oh it says psu shroud with removable cover okay so you could remove it yeah i see I'm looking at so, a I'm looking at a listing on eBay for the the regular case and I see I see the removable cover at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. A, so you could do that. You could that sort it slides of see. Into. So you could pull it out um and and make the the power supply completely uh completely visible. So there you go. Yeah, okay. There you go. Spent your money on your power supply. Now you can see it. I love that we have like we've had. Uh, I, I just want to admit, like we've had a we've had P- people who've reviewed SSDs who've made all kinds of commentary about how the S M- the SSDs look, and I've often thought like you know, there's really not much you can say. You know, like oh, it's a green PCB. You know, it's boring. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, now that we have heat sinks, <laughs> maybe the heat sink could look like something. But a lot sure. of times, a lot of times, you know, whether if you were talking about uh, just a standard M2 SSD or you were talking about a, you know, SATA 2.5 inch SSD, um, the look of it is there's not much you can do to make it look nice. And there's not sure. much of there's not much to look at. But, right. Uh I mean, so you could you could color coordinate it to match your power supply in powder blue or whatever color scheme that yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So weird, but anyway, yeah, that was that was one of the interesting things we saw at Computex, which shows that they expected Street Fighter to be a big deal because yeah. they planned this line. Yeah, true. They knew that it was going to do big things, and in this case. Uh, breaking a Steam record, which is pretty impressive. As a note, to answer your question, no, no Paw Patrol, um, but Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks can definitely fight Invader Zim. So, uh, <laughs> I want I, I, I want one though where he has a finish, where like Marshall the Dalmatian has like a finishing move. Finish him. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I obviously am going to have to play this game later, uh, but yeah, the everybody must have known how big the game was going to be, and uh, it has uh, proven in everybody correct. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. All right. Um, so, staying on our privacy topic for tonight, uh, um, Amazon received two... Uh, FTC and DOJ lawsuits this week over privacy um, across their product line. The first involves Ring, mostly involving before the company purchased uh, Ring in 2018. Uh, their, their process has changed in 2017, but not all of them. Uh, what Ring was doing was um, they were just storing the videos coming from your security cameras and whatnot uh, on their storage solution, whatever it was, whether it be Amazon or Microsoft or on-prem or whatever they were doing. Uh, they were just, like, storing them. And every employee of Ring at the time and every employee of a contractor in uh, Ukraine that was being used for something... Uh, had access to every recorded video from every camera for all of Ring's customers. Whether or not having access to that was a part of their job, everybody had access to this data, and everybody could, and apparently did, uh, go through and access videos. 
Um, obviously not an ideal situation, um, but I have long said if you're uploading your videos, your security cam videos to the cloud, there's a lot of potential for danger there. There are even, you know, the live streaming capabilities are easily hijacked. And in fact, there are whole sections of the dark web where people have watched uh, security cameras and clipped, let's just say, uh, significant moments out of particular security cameras. Um, so, you know, if the stuff's out there, the stuff's out there. So it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, the idea that, like, they were a startup and they were trying to save money or whatever and it created this laziness because all they had to do was encrypt the files, um, have policies in place that limited access, you know, things like that. Um, this this uh, violation is going to cost Amazon just about $6 million. So, you know, $6 million, drop in the bucket for them. The real problem comes from their... Uh, issues with Alexa. And I apologize for saying her name. I tend to have a policy not to invoke her. I apologize. Anyway, um, <laughs> their always-on speaker solution was has been uh, collecting data. It records uh, interactions. It uses those uh, recordings Theoretically, to improve uh, the listening capabilities, the detection capabilities, the voice recognition capabilities, things like that, uh, across your account and across the system as a whole. Problem is, kids use them, um, and there's a law here in the United States called COPA, and COPA regulates what can and cannot be done with information coming from children. For example, voice recordings. And geolocation data, both of which are stored um, for interactions with the speakers. And that has caused them a ton of problems because that data has been used to train uh, their systems. Uh, it has been stored without any real uh, strong capability for parents to be able to delete the recordings, um, despite the rules of COPA. So... Uh, this one's going to cost them $25 million. Again, an overall drop in the bucket, but um, now they're being watched uh, for their policies. There are rules that have to be implemented. There has to be um, full compliance with COPA, including the ability for parents to uh, delete their children's voice recordings and geolocation data and a full-on ban which already exists, but, you know, sometimes you have to specifically call out to certain organizations the rules of law. Um, and in this case, that's what's happened. A complete ban on using any data associated with kids to train uh, any AI systems. So, 30, almost 30, no, yeah, almost $31 million in fines this week. Um, both of these uh, settlements are uh, pending... Uh, judges, approvals, court approvals, um, and then lots of rules put on top of them. Now, of course, you know, we've had conversations about smart speakers before and and this particular type of privacy leak, uh, Avram. I think we all kind of know your position on them. Yeah. Well, first of all, my question is, 
you say that the parents should have the right to have the, the recordings deleted. Mm-hmm. Should they not be collected in the first place? Yeah. So there's a particular, so long as it's all, there's weird rules. The data can be collected so long as it's not used for certain things. Um, and in this case, holding on to the recordings for the for certain reasons. I don't remember what they are. They're allowed to hold on to them, but they are not allowed to hold the geodata at all. Um, and I think the, the indefinite uh, storage of the recordings... Uh, has to end as well. Um, they're they're also being required to um, delete, not uh, not suspend or disassociate, but delete uh, inactive kids accounts as well. But yeah, they are they allowed to have... hold it. But you're right; they shouldn't. But they shouldn't have kids accounts at all. But part of the problem is to be fair to Amazon, right? Like. How do they know what's a kid um, when ver- when anyone in the home could be could be talking? So, if a child uses a standard account, um, that falls under it. It all falls under the the owner of the account. So, like um, with with our speakers, it's able to recognize voices and tune into that particular person's data and one of the types that you can have is a kid's account you know they've got that deal with disney there yeah disney um where there's the like the mickey mouse feet thing for the the speakers and stuff and it can talk to them maybe as mickey mouse though with the celebrity voices being discontinued this week that may not be the case anymore um uh, but it's all like kid friendly. It's like YouTube kids, right? It's a very streamlined uh, thing for very specific purposes. It's not a, a full experience like like what the adults get. So if a kid uses the adult account, then it it is what it is. But theoretically, if you've got the the I know whose voice it is, it should be able to go into the kid's account and therefore have rules about recordings and things like that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, in my house, we're on Google Assistant mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's that capability, but we have not set it up. It's all just one account, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is connected to my, which is connected to my wife's uh, Google account. So, I mean, not that the kids uh, use the system a lot, but sometimes, you know, they'll tell it to turn on the light or turn on music sure. or whatever. And, you know, um, it's doing it, but I remember now this something I'm curious about whether this is implicated in this story. Do you remember a few years ago there was a story about Amazon employees sort of sharing clips around for fun and they had caught clips of adults like do you know they had all kinds of stuff that like was somewhat kind of illicit, like they would you know, catch people having arguments or intimate moments or whatever, and then from, they'd be like the emailing speakers. it to each other from the speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely remember that. Um, almost certainly, there's something going to be involved in that. 
Um, in particular, like I imagine that that's going to tie in more on the with what they're up to with Ring because this particular one was Copa related. Um, right. But they they are very clearly doing a deep dive into Amazon's data access and retention policies. There's no way that the speaker access um, doesn't get get wrapped up in this eventually. But this particular thing was about uh, children's privacy violations. But I suspect there's more coming. Because, yeah, I, I remember all of that. There was the issue where they say they don't record... Like, they only record the interactions, a successful interaction with the speaker. Um, right. You say her name, you ask a question, she's able to answer. Um, that they don't just record background noise, but they turned over a recording to the police that caught a murder suspect, even though nobody had said her name. So, you know... There's there's been questions about the way the way they listen and the way they retain data for quite a while cuz that was a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh it's unfortunate because some people that I live with don't seem to think of this as a potential problem. They're like, "Well, what do we have to hide?" Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't want some strangers listening to our family conversations or whatever. Like, I don't want that. So, no, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter if you're committing a crime. I don't, I don't want, you know, people in my business. So, you know, we're, we, we operate on there, the assumption that this data is just not going, it's just going into a computer that doesn't, doesn't you know, a dispassionate computer that doesn't, doesn't look at it or listen to it. Right. But cause there's humans. How do we know? There's always humans involved somewhere. Right. How, how do we, how do we know? And I, I think in general, we have to have a uh, much stronger uh, regulation and crackdowns on what companies are doing with data that they collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are very focused on this personal data, which is great. But I think we also should be focused on companies and how they are collecting uh, data from businesses and companies and the, yeah. even the open internet. Like I think a lot of these larger companies feel like they're untouchable and therefore they can take whatever they want and use it to their advantage. You know, you put up some code on GitHub, great. We can use it to create a GitHub Copilot, you know, without your consent, you yeah. know, uh, or, or paying you for it. You know, you write you write an article about what the best CPU is. No worries, Google is going to take that without giving you any credit or money. Going to going to recommend the same CPU uh, and say that they thought of it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, we are living in a time of uh, plagiarism laundering engine. You know, AI AGI is more like a PLE plagiarism laundering engine. So, you know, we uh, we need you know so. We need to, I think, have better ideas of what data is being collected of, of ours and what is being done with it, um, whether yeah. it's being used for quota. I mean, this was training too, right? Oh, yeah, we're trying to make sure we give you the best interaction. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, how do we know that's true? Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. What do you need it for? What, what I, I'm, 
I don't know. Like, what are they, what legit things are they learning from it? I mean, I suppose they're learning what people are asking for, but do they need recordings for that? Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's all like, it's a, it's a huge topic because from a legal standpoint, it's difficult to create laws around it because the people who are in charge of creating laws are almost exclusively way below knowledgeable on anything that's going on. And even if you brought people in as experts, it's I'm going to I'm going to ask questions as an opportunity to embarrass you or to get a point across or whatever. It's never for understanding. So none of these people have any idea what's going on. You know, you might have a right, couple yeah, of people that have a tenuous well, grasp and- because it's how we ended up with the law that prevented Netflix from you being able to say to share from Netflix that you had watched a movie or a TV show because some judge had rented an adult movie at a on a cassette at a family rental yeah. store one time and it was reported on yeah there's like, there's there's this is this is a serious problem because now we're coming into time like we could have had an uh you know we could have had a, a segment today on like the uh was it the senate hearings that they had about ai and all these people who were testifying that ai needs to be regulated but don't regulate us or whatever like uh mm-hmm. Like the CEO of OpenAI, AI, you know, is an existential threat needs to be regulated, but you don't need to regulate us. So like, like, look, this is, I mean, unfortunately, first of all, there's a lot of money involved, people getting donations from various companies mm-hmm. that don't affect their donors. Then there are other people who are very anti the tech companies because they feel like the tech companies should be doing some, should be taking a political stance that they're not, or they don't like the, the one that they're taking or whatever it is. So it's a mess and nobody, and nobody wants to step up and say like, how is this actually, how are these things actually capable of damaging people's safety, security, livelihood, you know, intellectual property, things like that. Uh, so I don't know. I think there, these things are more likely to be resolved in lawsuits with existing laws yeah. than they are to be the subject of new laws. So like COPA is an existing law that, that came out like what, 1999 or something. Something like that. Um, you know, I remember when it came in, I was working at about.com and we were like, oh, now we have to be careful about who uses the chat rooms or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we actually closed, we had chat rooms and we closed the chat rooms when COPA went into effect because they were worried that there yeah. could be people logging in the chat room that were, were under 13. So uh so yeah i mean i think i think it's you gotta um you know i i hope that they're held accountable but 25 million dollars or six million dollars is is nothing to a company yeah. like amazon it would have to be something that was ongoing where they were fought you know where they were fined like millions of dollars per violation or something mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. crazy that would really really uh hit the yeah. pocketbook yeah, for sure. Um, this is this is a minor slap that I mean, other than the fact that clearly they're being watched internally, and so therefore, you know, uh, things are going to 
have to change going forward. Um, they're still going to skirt it. You know, they're going to try and ride the line as much as possible and do as much as they're allowed to do. Um, so, yeah, I've, like you said, things things have to change, and I'm not entirely sure how that happened. Maybe, you know, more more tech savvy people need to be need to be involved in the process or something. I don't know, um, but right now data does seem to be just open and whatever. And I don't, like you said, I don't think it's going to be good uh, for anybody going forward except the big tech companies. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live refreshing technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So if you've been paying attention, you know that there is a writer's strike going on in Hollywood right now. It has brought a number of uh, productions to a halt. Um, the I think Spider-Man is currently halted. Um, a number of shows have have stopped production, uh, all because of a writer's strike. Now, it's not the first time that we've had one of these. Um, you might remember in 2007 and 2008, there was a writer's strike. Um, if you need any evidence of how devastating it can be, check out season two of Heroes. Um, but the, the, the strike of 2007-2008 ended under strange circumstances, not because the Writers Guild um, got any say in it, but because they were bullied into it by other parts of Hollywood. Um, in particular, the Association of Motion Picture Producers or something like that, M AMPTP, Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Um, they reached an agreement with the studios and... Um, bullied the writers into accepting the same deal. This week, it was revealed that the um, that the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, will not allow that to happen this time. They're ready. They're in this for the long haul. Um, the last agreement was not even remotely prepared for the environment that we're in today, namely um, the world of streaming. And the writers have taken uh, significant hits uh, through streaming productions because their agreements aren't great for that. Because in 2007, 2008, the type of stuff that was on the internet was mostly stuff like little webisodes, you know, a four-minute add-on to an episode of The Office or whatever, um, and not Stranger Things, right? 
a big, huge production that costs more than most movies. Um, so they're in this for the long haul. They have absolutely said that they will not be bullied into uh, a solution. And they said that the AMPTP has already tried to do that uh, this time around. And they absolutely will not allow another um, guild or or union to negotiate against them. So I think the point here is buckle up next. The next TV season is going to be rough. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look, you, it's important. They have to, you know, they have to get, they, they're they're fighting to try and make sure that people can still make a career out of being a television writer. Right. Uh, especially what especially would concern me is the uh, the dispute over AI mm-hmm. stuff. So I think they were asking the contract that no um, members uh, writing be used for training for training AIs. Yeah. Uh, and because they don't want a situation where the AI is being trained to replace, they're helping to train the AI to replace them. Yeah. Uh, Essentially the thing that we're talking about with Google. Exactly what, exactly what Google is doing, but we don't have, uh, but uh, publishers don't have a union uh, against Google. Right. Uh, I would strongly suggest to, to uh, any two publishers, though, that they uh, that they do get together and try to use some collective power. Uh, there are some uh, associations and things like that, because uh, if you act collectively, you could have leverage, you know, against Google. You could say, look, you know, we can pull our content from Google. And uh, and how would you feel about that? Now, that would that would, in effect, uh, be very bad news for uh, just like a strike. People don't get paid during a don't get paid during a strike. If uh, publishers had a Google strike and decided to, you know, no longer, uh, you know, no longer to block Google bots and to and to basically block traffic that comes from Google or whatever, serve an ad that served a, a page that said like Google is, you know, Google is trying to trying to harm our business. Here's, you know, read more or whatever. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, uh, it's not, uh, my business place to say, but I would, I, I would think that could become a good idea, but what's happening with the writers is that, um, what's happening with the writers right now is they are fighting an existential threat. So they should not be, I agree with them. They shouldn't be allowing the studio to train AI to replace them. Yeah. Like that's not like we, we, we don't want that. What a lot of people call you know, generative AI is really remixing content that has been ingested from real people. Right. And maybe those real people don't want their content being used against them. So like, I, I, I get that. I think they have to do that. And then, you know, there's obviously other clauses in there that involve them getting paid a living wage uh, and make, uh, so that it's not just a day job, you and know, getting- just a day, day labor. And, you know, getting royalties on web-based stuff, on streaming content, which I don't think they're getting right now, like they do through uh, projects on broadcast 
which, you know, right. when you're when you're working on a four minute, you know, sketch based on an episode of The Office, that's one thing. But when you're working on something as big as Stranger Things, there should be it should be treated. There should be just no like distinction. Yeah, exactly. There should be no distinction at this point, right? Like it's the platform should. Sh- you know where you it first appeared as a platform shouldn't matter because yeah you know we've seen that like you could create stuff for CBS for what now Paramount Plus mm-hmm. and it could be shown on CBS on mm-hmm. t on television and you yep. create stuff from television and it has another life in streaming so uh, now one thing I wonder is if they're going to ask for something regarding all of these takedowns to try to stop the the write offs that are mm. going on. Yeah, because that is one, is taking one money. and a half billion dollar uh, write down for this quarter from Disney from, alone on content. Exactly, we could have had a segment on that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. some of that will never be seen. Apparently, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, the Willow show, uh, will never be seen. Never be seen again. Yep. Uh, the. Um, there was a movie that I read about that sounded kind of interesting and now I'll never get to see probably called The Princess, which was sort of like a combination of The Raid and a fairy tale story. Uh, okay. So, like, apparently a princess is locked the top of the tower and she can fight and she has to fight her way to the bottom and, like, hmm. like to, to get out or whatever, um, which is sort of reminiscent of... Uh, the greatest action movie ever made the raid um which is also on netflix and hasn't been taken down and but they don't own it so um but um it it feels it's interesting because right now this feels like the 40s and 50s in television right where yeah they didn't think about longevity and so they would tape over the masters of shows. <laughs> BBC. BBC yeah. taped over episodes of Doctor Who. Yep, exactly. Uh, and the only reason anything exists is because, you know, somebody dies and their grandkid goes into their house and goes, what's this? And hands it over to the BBC and goes, hey, is this what we're looking for? It. I mean, it's a consumer tape, but it's better than it being lost to all eternity and i think we've talked about it before i think this kind of thing is going to lead to uh an inc- another increase in piracy which is also not going to be good for the writers right i mean where i'm waiting for the pirated bat batgirl right i've been checking the most reliable source that it might show up on regularly i mean i mean it dessert like i'm sure at this point that the people who are in batgirl would although it, they didn't finish the special effects right so i guess they can, i guess there's really nothing to i don't know I guess there's not enough to send it to to upload it i don't know cats didn't finish the special effects and they put that in theaters so <laughs> yeah i suppose so but <laughs> but you know like if I were the people who made these movies, I would, I would prefer that they be pirated and people see them, than that they not not never be seen at all. I mean, not, and I'm not I'm not saying I like stuff to be pirated, like they those 
things should be available. And it really is a, a lame tax loophole. Like in a way, somebody should be complaining about about this as a tax policy. Like you were making money on something, you made it, and now you found that like throwing a product in the garbage is a way to make money feels feels really contrary to the spirit of tax law. Like I didn't think the idea of tax law was to cause companies that produce a product to throw the product away. Like that yeah. seems like a that seems like a clear abuse of of the tax system. But if I were the union, I would also try to have that put into a contract that they can't do that because that's taking money out of the pockets of my uh, of my union members who are probably getting residual who would get residuals. Very true. I may have just found your movie, um, and that's plus the rent. <laughs> Go ahead. Plus the their resume, right? Like they're they're. There, it's that's their resume too, right? Like, oh, if you were the writer on Batgirl, wouldn't you want people to see your work? Yeah, right. It's it's a fascinating situation. Um, you've you've spent the time. Sure, you may you got you got your advance on the script, but the thing's never produced. The or it is produced and it's never released. You wrote the script on, you know, on spec, on the idea that upon release, you would have residuals on it, and that's not going to happen. It's exactly what Scarlett Johansson sued Disney over with Black Widow. As, as the actor, not the writer, but it's exactly what she sued them over, because... She did the film on the expectation of residuals from the theater, and it was never released to the theater. Right. Yeah. So, you know, definitely yeah. interesting so I, situation. It's going to go on for a long time. I mean, all indications are at least three months. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be way longer than that is my prediction. Um, the, the one of 07 to 08 went on long enough that the scripted late night shows like the daily, uh, the daily show came back without a script, um, because it had gone on so long that John Stewart just had to riff for 22 minutes. Um, he wasn't allowed to use a script, but they had to come back, uh, because it was burning a hole in the network's pocket. <laughs> Um, I mean, and I suspect this one's going to be longer than, than the one that sunk heroes. I'm always going to be know, salty about that, by the way. <laughs> right. I mean, this is true. I think another thing though, is like, if, if I don't know, but if you're an actor and you go and you're participating in one of these unscripted things, aren't you kind of crossing a picket line? Yes. And, uh, I remember John Stewart talking about it. Um, talking about that he was there um, essentially under duress um, under different conditions of his uh, on-screen con uh, contract as opposed to his uh, his writer's contract. Right, yeah. 
I mean, one thing that's going to be really messed up, apparently right now they're filming Deadpool 3, yeah. and the, writer, the actors are not allowed to add lead. Yep. Because that would be considered writing. Yep. Which is, which is a fascinating situation, considering uh, Ryan Reynolds' ad-libbing is what made the first two movies work. Yeah, so that movie could end up being terrible when it might have been good Yeah, as a result of this. Yeah, it, he's one of the, he's one of those actors that you can't put on screen and say stick to the script. It it was it's like trying to tell Will Ferrell to stick to the script. It's not going to work. Yep. <sighs> so I guess we'll see what happens, but it's not good. I mean, I hope I hope it gets resolved soon, but I think they should. I think the writers should stick it out until they get. Uh, they get a contract that assures that they are able to keep to keep going as a career yeah. and not have AI, you know, I mean, the AI clause is just one clause in there, but I hope that they're sticklers for that one because that's a really serious pro- future problem that they may I not realize how serious it is right now. I think it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. I think they have to have that in their, in their new contract. I don't, honestly, and if anybody's listening, I know, I know there are some, WGA members that listen to the show. Um, some of you have done voices for the show. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got to stick this one out because it could be uh, the death of the industry. There, There is, I mean, there's an episode of 30 Rock about it. And 30 Rock ended seemingly 100 years ago. Um, there was an episode of Studio 60 about it, and that ended almost a decade earlier. Um but yeah, I, it's a it's a problem. I th- I think that needs to be an absolute requirement of your contract. And I mean we're we're with you on this because it's coming for us too. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So it's, it's it, one of the reasons why the show becomes more important uh, than than the writing for the Plunkett's brand because you know. Our this medium is very different than than clickety clacky, yeah. Right video now is a still, little harder to kill us. Video is a little harder to kill, but we'll see. Yep, for sure. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. There was some uh, conversation going on in the chat room tonight. Um, thank you for that. If you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, you can chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Also give us uh, your feelings about the topics of the week. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that's okay as well. Plunkitslive.com slash subscribe. All of our shows are there and all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Like I mentioned at the uh, the top of the show, we've got a lot of new content coming uh, on the site, on YouTube, and on Facebook. So definitely check that out. Uh, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that uh, we'll keep you abreast of if uh, when we get closer to that time. Um, that's where we'll be for right now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, lots of stuff going on, uh, that we'll reveal over time, but I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. 
and we will see you back next time. Ciao. We are out.